Welcome to the Big Kickoff League of Ireland podcast with Nathan Doyle from TheBigKickoff.com, Jared Mulrini, owner of TheLeagueOfIreland.com and myself, Roy Shanahan. Now, this week sees a massive game in Tala where Shamrock Rovers play in the Europa League against European Giants and seven times champions of Europe, AC Milan. Nathan, the biggest disappointment about this game is there will be little or no fans at the game. Yeah, it is. Like um, I was even saying, when I seen it was a possibility that Shamrock Rovers could be playing AC Milan. I was saying to some of the lads, God, wouldn't it be mad? Wouldn't it, wouldn't it just be typical of the one time that nobody can go into these games that can get one of the biggest big draws you look at AC Milan as possible winners of the Europa League? So for Shamrock uh, Rovers to get them and for no fans to go and Rovers to make like absolutely like, no money off the draw itself, it's a big disappointment not only for Shamrock Rovers but for the league in general. Because even like you certainly could have sold out Palace Stadium, but you could have even got decent numbers in the Aviva Stadium if things were all back to normal. Like, you could have got about 20,000 people into the Aviva possibly to have a look. And um, yeah, it is, it is a shame, I have to say, because like the way the money aspect, that's where you would have got neutral just going to watch the match. And that's how the love affair starts with the League of Ireland, you know. If you get a, a kid, for example, just saying, going to watch AC Milan to see Zlatan play. And all of a sudden, he enjoys himself and has a good time. He wants to start going down to Shamrock Rovers, and that's how the love affair starts on a weekly basis. So it is a big disappointment for everybody involved, especially Shamrock Rovers. Yeah, the game is on RTE. And I also believe now that they have the RTE player available in England, so uh, any of the Irish can watch it over there as well. So that's something. Yeah, it is. But, um, it, like, you'd probably rather receive, like, you'd rather people go be at the games, of course, but. Look, it's it's a way. It was it was pretty last minute enough decision that went on to RTE. So a lot of people were panicking that like it wouldn't be on the lot to watch the of Ireland, obviously. So how are we going to watch it? Like, because even myself as a neutral, I was really interested to see. Like, I'm expect, I'm not expecting a, a miracle by any stretch of the imagination, but I just wanted to watch such a such a big game. You know, it's not often you get to see um, a local league of Ireland. I'd play European giants as AC Milan even though they're not the team they used to be, but at the end of the day, it's still a, still a massive name for any league of Ireland clubs you playing. Yeah, of course, it's huge. Jared, are Rovers capable of knocking out the Italian joints? And if so, how did they do it? Well, I think, I don't, it's, it's hard to know whether they're capable of it. I think they have a great chance. Um, I, I, Milan aren't even, aren't even in pre-season, are just in pre-season at the minute. Their league hasn't started yet. Um, as an alluded to, they're definitely not the um, same team um, of the old the old AC Milan um, I suppose as everybody knows the biggest name coming over here is Zlatan Ibrahimovic he's going to, he's apparently going to be playing on Thursday night but I can imagine the likes of Joey O'Brien Liam Scales Lee Grace would be finishing the process because Zlatan like he, there's no doubt he was, he was a world class player but he's 38 years of age um, they'll be relishing that challenge uh, whether they can get a result it's it's not on realms of possibility that they could. Um, you know, they're overall, despite uh, Ibrahimovic's um, uh, place in the team, they're a young enough side. Um, they're not as, as as good as they used to be. Um, I think they have a great chance to sneak a result. Whether whether they'll beat them or not is, is, 
in 90 minutes is debatable enough. But I wouldn't be at all surprised if took the penalties. Um, as everybody knows, they're, they're well capable of playing football in the middle of the park, keeping things tight. Um, have talented players, the likes of Jack, Jack Byrne, as everybody knows. He's given a little bit more time in the middle of the park in this game, probably, than he would be in, in a normal League Ireland game. The pace of the game is, is, is so much different. Um, so, yeah, I think they have a great opportunity. Um, it, as you said earlier, like it's, it's very disappointing that there's going to be no supporters in the stadium. It says they might get 35,000. I think they'd have filled the Aviva, to be honest. Um, big, big, iconic team coming to, to, to Ireland to play a competitive fixture in Europe would definitely have brought out crowds. Um, it would have been fantastic to see it um, in a full Aviva stadium. But yeah, I think they have a great chance of getting a result. I don't think they'll be overawed. I think this is these are the games that they wanted. These are the games that all these Shamrock Rovers players want to play in. Um, it's a great shop window for all these players, and especially for Jack Byrne, as everybody knows. He's one of the most talented players in the league, if not the best player in the league. Um, he's hugely talented. He was at Manchester City. He's ever going to get a big move back over to the UK. It'll be on the strength of a, of a game like this. So I think it's a huge opportunity for him. Like yeah. Rovers, I think, have a great chance to sneak something. Yeah, and do you think, Jared, if it goes into extra time, would that benefit Rovers more? It seems they're halfway through their season and the, the, the match sharpness and fitness, maybe that's slight bit of, ahead of Milan. It's, all right, look, that's difficult to know. Um, obviously, they're they're very fit Rovers, right? but uh, Serie A will be starting in the next week or so, a week or two. So I'd imagine their fitness is well up, up to pace, obviously, in bit of match fitness. But they have a huge talented squad. Obviously, they're young, but they have a bit of a boost in the fact that their main striker, Ante Rebic, will be suspended and for this game. So that's a massive boost to them. Um, Rebic is a Croatian striker. Scored 11 goals last season for Milan. He's you know he's very talented. He's 26 years of age, and I think the fact that he's not playing is a huge boost to Rovers. Um, Ibrahimovic is said like he's he's hugely talented, but he has no pace that will actually suit Rovers. That they're not going to be turned by Ibrahimovic. He's more cases bringing other players in, into the game. But um, look, I just think of the great chances. You know, to get them to penalties will be probably the height of their ambitions. I don't. I don't think they'll win the game in 90 minutes. But I definitely think they can. Uh, they can hold them out and have a great chance. And when it comes to penalties, as everybody knows, it's a lottery. Nathan Dundalk on paper have an easier task when they face uh, Interclub, not from Italy, in Andorra. This is the toy the club probably would be expecting to get through, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think it'll be a little bit tougher than some people expect. Like, say, like I know, like the Andorran league is nowhere near the top European leagues uh, out there, but they're still they're coming in as, as the, the champions. But yeah, it, it is one that I fancy Dundalk themselves to get through, and then if they do get through, uh, you have the, I think the, the sheriff uh, the parlor playing for Moldova so the path for Dundalk to get into the stages of the Europa League it's certainly looking more realistic compared to Shamrock Rovers especially with like you know the Dundalk with a bit of a strange situation the past while with the uh, the manager the, all the goings on with the managerial um, appointments backings and what have you but like I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about what happened, happened last weekend but they got a decent win against Shelburne so they're coming in with some sort of momentum. Like a lot of lads uh, by reports are happy with the new regime and they're all happy with how things are going on with the new manager. So there seems to be a little bit of a feel good factor heading into this one. And it, it is one that um, I, I certainly think Dundalk are very capable of winning. 
Um, like even travel wires like now it's not the handiest since they've seen they flew into Barcelona and got a three hour push to Honeydown down to, uh, to Andorra up to Andorra three. so um, like it wasn't the easiest travel in the world but yeah it's, it, it is one that overall I think Dundalk um, is coming into the wind and have enough firepower up top yeah well. it'll be a huge shock Nathan if we're beating that game um, I think the fact you know their their squad is littered with players over thirty four and thirty five years of age. They have a couple of forty two year olds and a forty year old in defence. I think it'd be a massive shock. Um, so I I think there's no no I I can't see anything other than a Dundalk winning that game. To be honest. Yeah, I think especially if you can pull them into deep waters. I'm not saying taking the extra time, but like the later it goes, it's going to sit in Dundalk. I, I think because like, the Andorran league as well hasn't kicked off this season, and as you know, like Dundalk are playing regular football now. So. Yeah, I think especially the later with the goals, it's definitely going to do that on Dark Yeah, and we wish both teams a huge amount of luck. And uh, I think most people in the League of Ireland are, are, are passionate about their league enough to be supporting uh, both clubs and hoping they get through. Now, as predicted by Jared, John Sheridan was using the Waterford United job as a stepping stone to get back to the English game. And sure enough, he jumped ship at the first opportunity when Wigan Athletic came knocking on the door. Jared, he had every intentions to leave as soon as an offer was put on the table from across the Irish Sea, didn't he? Uh, he definitely did. Um, I'm not sure he took the right op- the right option, however. Um, the fact that Waterford were were playing very well, they were getting results, they were beginning to make shapes in the league. They moved into fourth place with a win over Bohemians over the weekend. He's after moving to a club coming out of administration. They have huge problems at that club. He, he may not even be there for any length of time. New owners come in and buy the club. He could be gone. They might have somebody else lined up for that job. It's a strange one for me, but as I said earlier, and as you know, he was only waiting for an opportunity to go back across to the UK. Um, it could be the wrong move for him. Um, obviously, time will tell. Um, it's interesting to see what Waterford are going to do from here. They've got uh, nine games left. There's no word of who's going to replace Sheridan this weekend, even who's going to take the position. So it's it's a bit Waterford Waterford situation is a bit of a mess even though on the field they're doing well as I said moved into fourth place they're have an opportunity to get into Europe to Europe next season and why he's why John Sheridan has chosen to go back to the UK to Wigan it just kind of is logic really Um, but look good luck to him that's what he wants no one's going to stand in his way but it's a bit of a mess down in Waterford Um, but they looked they had a great result over both they were much the better team over a both team a week a week ago were looking to be championship contenders, and that's kind of fallen a bit by the wayside now. Um, they have a couple of good players like Tyreek Wilson scored the goal at the weekend along with Alistair Coote. Two, they're two very good signings they brought in. Uh, John Martin, Michael O'Connor, even uh, Curtis Byrne. They have some good players at the, at that club, and young the right back uh, Sabawale is playing well. So yeah, they're doing very well. Um, surprising to me, I didn't think they 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 do as well but if you look back over some of the results they were a little bit kind of I suppose unlucky it's a lot of late goals kind of cost them they lost to Sligo in the last minute were beaten by Finn Herf beaten that game 2-1 was only a few minutes to go so when you look at it they could have, they could even have moved into second place so yeah look they're doing, they're doing very well but yeah Sheridan going is a big loss to them Nathan who replaces Sheridan? Yeah, it's just the yeah, it's a big question, isn't it? Like, obviously, me personally myself, it's going to be probably up there. But for me, I don't really think so. It could, obviously, it will be funny with the whole 
what went on between Anshaven and Vinnie Pearce, which is talking about the death, the whole public situation. So it would be a bit of a, bit of, bit of irony, wouldn't it, to see Vinnie Pearce walking into, into the job. Um, again, I mean, Reynolds is always going to be talked about. I don't think Reynolds will go back, especially as a full-time manager, after the way uh, he left not too long ago with the whole young city and he wasn't too happy with being told over email about people being let off with himself and players being full out and things like that. Um, when I was thinking about this, I was like, well, who's, like, who's out? Like, realistically, like, who's out, out of work like, around the League of Ireland that he could even get in till the end of the season and see how he gone on? And I actually went back to the interview. You, I was listening, thinking back to the interview with you done Roy with Harry Kenny. They were saying that he'd be very interested to come back uh, into the League of Ireland. Yeah, I think, that, I think uh, Harry Kenny could be uh, somewhat of a realist um, show for me. What are you working about that one? I would say about that myself personally. He's still working for the FAI, isn't he? He's doing that um, that youth um, uh, thing they have in Dublin. Um, is he going to go all the way down to Waterford? Yeah, if he was, if it was a Dublin based job um, or somewhere around that area, I'd kind of agree with. Him. I don't think he'll go to Waterford. Um, Kenny Cunningham was asked in an interview this week, "Will he be interested?" He said he isn't. Um, another name, John O'Shea. Will he be interested in going there? Hard to know. Cork have games coming up where 
you know, their next few games are hugely important. They have Dundalk next, and then two, they have two games against their relegation rivals away to Finn Harps and home to St. Pat's. They're the games that realistically want to be for points. And as you said, Finn Harps, they do seem to have more fight about them. But I have just have a sneaking suspicion that Cork are going to get themselves off the bottom of the table. Now, whether it's Finn Harps that's going to replace them or it's actually going to be St. Pat's, um, is is debatable. I think St. Pat's are on a very, very bad run at the wrong time. Now, they, I know they got a result at the weekend. They picked up a very valuable point against Tiger over. I think that was huge. If they lost that game, they were in serious trouble. But Pat's have a, have a tricky... I think Cork has the easy, slightly easier running towards the end of the season. Harps running is very, very difficult. Uh, but as you said, look, Harps have much the more fight compared to Cork at the moment. But I just think Cork have a little bit more about them going forward than Harps do. Harps will, there's no doubt Harps will dig in and, and make make it difficult for teams and will will grab points. They get points in games that you wouldn't expect. But I just think maybe Cork may lose it more games than Harps, but I think they may they may just pick up more points. They may win one or two games, which will give them just I think give them that edge. Uh, for me, anyway, I just think Cork will be fortunate enough to get off the bottom of the table. But whether it's Finn Harps or Pat, I, I just I couldn't really predict it at this stage. Nathan Aaron Green scored a couple of goals. Um, we had talked that the only thing that Rovers were missing was a a big goal scorer, someone who leads the line and is a natural a natural finisher. But there's no doubting that Aaron Green, while he'll chip in with his goals, I think that's four now. He works extremely hard for the team. Yeah, I don't think he's the answer for the for the twenty goal a season striker. Like I said, he only has four goals this season. But even away, even if he doesn't score that like that many, he's a vital member of that, of that team. Like we know, like that, that going forward, Rovers are the best in the league, even on paper and and even in stats and on the goals wise. But uh, yeah, he's a member of that team. He's still a couple of seasons now, second season now at Rovers, is it? But um, he's and he's down to even before that, he bounced around a couple of sides, but he still seems to be the one now. Seems to be the most settled. Or you've seen Aaron Green anyway in, in a good world. Like seeing playing for Pat, Limerick, Swagger uh, Rovers, just just naming a couple of teams and why he's he's done relatively well performance wise for me he's always a player that questioned his consistency but in this time we're always saying whether it's just like the style suits him or the good lad he has around him suits him but he seems to really really settled now and like the work he does is excellent like he's popping up with assists he will pop up with the odd goal but um, yeah I'm a big fan of him and I think this season it's, he's been really shining he's been one of the best uh, best players in a very good Shamrock Rovers team for me yeah. I think Nathan, though I think I think if they're going to progress, especially for after this season, because at this season, Rovers only have themselves. Like they're going to win the league unless they make a catastrophe between now and the end of the season. The league is theirs. Um, but I think for them to progress, they need a, they need a big a striker that's going to score goals consistently. And unfortunately for Aaron Green, he is not that striker. No, no, he's not. No way. They touched on like he's he'll do a lot, but twenty goals will not get you. Like I touched yeah. on a couple of weeks back saying that George Kelly could be the answer, but at the moment he's certainly not the answer. Like not not a possible answer. Sorry if, he, if Kelly was to move Tala, but yeah, I'm not sure who it could be. Like like Hoban's always knocking in the goals every season. Would he leave from Dundalk to Shamrock Rovers? I'm not sure. I couldn't. I couldn't really. I don't really know. But I don't, to be honest, but yeah, it's, it's, I don't think he's the option. 
Do you not? No, yeah, I, 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 no I, I honestly think Rovers have to have to look elsewhere. They're not going to find it in the League of Ireland. That he does not. The person, the striker's not there. The only one that I see in the League of Ireland would be Andre Wright. Um, but he's the only option. And whether he's the option for Rovers or not, I'm not sure. I just think they'll have to look overseas, whether that be the UK or somewhere in Europe. I just think that option realistically isn't available in in Ireland at the minute. Yeah, and you know yourself, that's always a risk too, isn't it? Winning lads in from uh, the UK and Scotland, like we yeah. came in. It really is what a hit or miss it had it themselves. With, like a lad like Gary Twig who came in from Scotland and he was brilliant. And mm. we've seen the countless players that have come in from even this season, come in from Scotland, the UK, and for one reason or another, if they don't want to be here or if the league doesn't suit them, it's just some of them can't find it really hard to settle in. Mm. Dundalk, who are. I can't say hot in their heels, but they're 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 doing their best. They've got a bit of a, a bit of a change on their hands at the moment. Nathan, you were talking about the three-two win against Shells. It's a it's it's a good win uh, in hindsight, looking at everything that's happened up there. Yeah, it is a good win. They got off to a um, really really good start. They got uh, got for ten minutes. But in fairness, the Shells won't dug in well. It really crawled back in and got and got two goals in the save four minutes. And he made a real contest there, but I thought the game was, was probably going to get away from him um, at one stage. And I've seen, seen them talk for the two really goals. So uh, for me, it was it was, um, it was a decent, decent no performance by Dundalk. But I thought Shelbourne had a lot to be really, really, really happy about. I thought he could be even disappointed that he didn't come away with something because he probably did deserve something out of the game. But uh, in fairness, Greg Slogger popped up with a cracking goal to uh, any goal, every word you win in the game. But... It was something that Dundalk needed. Obviously, it was the first league game under the new manager. And if they, if, especially at home, if they were to go in and lose that game or whatever, it would just be, everybody would start pointing and saying, look, we're right, these, these guys coming in, they haven't a clue what they're doing. We already are to a dampened start. So, they needed to come in and sort of boost morale around the place. And, and you know, they got a good win against, against Cove in the Cup to start things off. But, yeah, they needed, they needed to win their fourth league game just to just to boost morale, just to keep things going because you like we like you said, we thought it was gonna be the start of the season, be a two horse race between themselves and uh themselves and Shamak Rovers for the title, but now the the the, the title's done and dusted, but they're, they're chasing Bohemians now to even get that second place spot. Like let alone being being the current seed to be second. Um, they gave away two goals, two very poor defensive you know, uh, goals from set pieces. Um, so yeah, they still have problems. Um, like you have to remember, this is a team that only just got promoted. You know, to go up to Dundalk. Um, realistically, Dundalk should be looking to win that game. So after going two 0 up to the Cruise, a few points, they made life quite difficult for themselves, conceding from a corner and then giving away a penalty. Even though the penalty, in fairness, was quite soft. But um, you know, it, it, it took an hour for them to take the lead. Obviously, as you said, Greg Slogan's goal was an absolute cracker. Um, he won, he you know, he won the ball back and let fly. There was no doubt it was a fantastic finish. But still have a lot of issues. Logan you know, he's known for his defensive coaching. He was a defender himself, actually no nonsense defender. So he's been working on that. Um, so yeah, there's still a lot of work to be done there. I was a bit, a little bit surprised that he at the changes he made. Um. He's taking Sean Gannon out of the, the starting eleven, and also changed the goalkeeper, which is a bit of a surprise. Mm-hmm. Gary Rogers being benched for Aaron McCary. Um, whether that's going to form or just looking for something different, um, it's hard to know. 
and it continues much for the next few games. You kind of wonder is Gary Rogers' uh, League of Ireland career coming to an end? He's not. He's no spring chicken now at this stage of his career. He's been involved in the League of Ireland now for for many years, thirty eight now. Um, if if he's not going to get games with Dundalk, is that the end? Um, I know it's only one game, but the fact that a new manager come in and has gone with McCary, um, is a surprise. Um, as I said, the likes of, you know, leaving Sean Gannon on the bench as well. Sean Gannon is one of the most favoured players in the league. So it's surprising for me that he was pinched. Now maybe it's just Joe Hanoli's way of kind of maybe he's trying to change clicks in the dressing room or whatever. And uh, hard to know. Surprising to see Sean Murray starting. Um, yeah, he's changed it up slightly. But it'll be interesting to see um, the starting lineup going forward the next couple of games for me. And Jared, what's a successful season for Dundalk now? Ooh, that's a very good question. Um, a successful season at the start of the year would have been winning the title. Um, a successful season from here on in, I suppose, probably finish the second um, and hopefully win the FAI Cup. Uh, whether they can do that, it's difficult to say. Um, you know, they, as I said, they, were, you know, they, should have, they should have beaten Shelburne. Um, it was predicted that they probably should beat Shelburne, as I said. Uh, they're just newly promoted, but realistically, Shelburne are looking for a mid-table position, and they have that at the minute. In that game, it shouldn't have been a three-a close three-two encounter. If Gundorf were playing up to form, but yeah, I think that definitely to finish second would be from here. If we're attacking from now, uh, finishing second to Rovers would definitely be a success for me. Yeah, Nathan. It's St. Pat's played Sligo and Finn Harps played Derry. There's not a lot to say about these games. No goals, no entertainment, really. No, not really. I was, with, um, I was, I was down at Richmond Park myself, down doing a bit of volunteering and stuff. So I'll start there. Uh, yeah, I was pretty sick last week against the Pat, St. Pat's in the Tay Waterford, and um, rightfully so. They thought they were really, really bad. Again, it was, it was disappointing. This one it really was. I thought in the grand scheme, when you look at the game in the grand scheme of things, I thought Pat uh, could have came out with something. He hit the post twice. He had, a, he had more of the chances out of the two games. But again, Pat is the issue, um, especially since the return of, of football from the COVID-19 break, is the REM product. And the REM product is, is just non-existent at the moment. There's, it's been over, over a month now since he even scored a goal. So it's, it's, a, it's me, like people are talking about winning games, but you have to score a goal for us. Like Stephen O'Donnell has even said himself that um, they're, they're one goal away from kicking off. But like, when's it going to come? Like I touched on earlier, you have three massive games coming up now. You have Derry City on Friday playing, then Shelbourne, then they're playing Cork City. It's three teams at the moment that are around them. And the, Gerald also touching on that the running is, is a nightmare. Because they're playing, they're playing uh, the last three games, it's Finn Harps away, and then they have two Dublin derbies back to back. The Bohemian Chamber Clovers. So Pat will start at some stage and these think these three games coming up, if you lose two of them games, I think it's a serious trouble. Because he wasn't really happy with a draw against Lego Rovers. I thought he looking at the game he should have went out and won it. The three points were there for the taking, but for me it was definitely two points dropped for passing that one. If he, if he starts losing the next uh, next probably the next game or two of the games out of the following three, I think that was serious trouble. And Luke McNally was, uh, didn't see that game now, but Luke McNally was supposed to have played a, a, a fantastic game uh, against Rovers, um, going by yeah. all accounts. 
Yeah, I, I like them. I've seen some people give them a bit of stick, but I, I don't really see that. Uh, big thing with McNally is I, I like he's made a couple of a couple of errors, but I think a lot of people's gripe about him is distribution, which like now for a centre half, he thinks he's very, he, he, he doesn't really have a pass the ball forward. A lot of you know, across the ways and making dodgy passes back to the goalkeeper. But against mm-hmm. Sligo, I thought it was very confident. Seen him plenty of times getting the ball and having a couple of touches, looking up and finding a decent pass. And he even had a chance in the second half where he um, became pretty close to the side net. Uh, and even his, his defensive warriors, he came up against uh, Ronan Coughlin, who obviously isn't the biggest lad in the world, but I thought he handled him very well and looked very confident, looked very solid. It was one of his better games now uh, this season for me. I thought it was really, just very, just very confident looking centre-half. And I think he needed it because there's a couple of mistakes and it could be been. So I think he's, he needs it, you know, just to get his head up and just to sort of boost himself a little bit, you know, especially as a young lad like that. Yeah, of course, people have to have to remember that he's just 20 years old. It's his first, his first, first season now in the Premier Division. So, yeah, look, I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Luke's. Um, as you said, he made some smart. It's uh, the mark of the man that he can come back and put all that behind him and put in a fantastic performance. So, yeah, good luck to him. And uh, I can see a great future ahead of him. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, yeah, we're, chatting, we're going on to the, the Finn Harps and Derry game. I don't know about Jules, but yeah, there was not really much to go off. Actually, I think if you look at it, Finn Harps will feel uh, very lucky that he didn't get some of the game, especially in the second half. I thought, they, I thought Finn Harps was a much better side. Really, really did. I thought he had much more chances and he just, you were doing much more depressing than controlling the game in the second half for me. Yeah, I think if you were a betting man, you'd definitely have uh, put a lot of money on and he'll all draw on that game, to be fair, the way, the way Harps are playing and like, <laughs> yeah. the way are playing at late. But yeah. I think a nil all draw was definitely where I want to go with. Yeah, you know yourself, like like Bally Buffet is always a tough place to go. It doesn't matter if I travel from Derry, Cork, Dublin, whatever, it's always a tight ground, it's always the pitch is never really it's, it's never really a carpet, it's, it's sort of like a snoo a snooker uh, table carpet as people say, it's, it's always a bit rough and ready and it's, it's gonna be a place to go, like I said, then Pat's going up there in the in the third last game and it's certainly a game we we'll be uh, won't be looking forward to at all. Especially by going looking for looking for a result, like not the sort of place you want to be going, looking for three points. We'll take our focus on to the first division. All eyes have to be on Galway United at the moment. I know there's uh, one, two, three, four, five teams with three points separated, but Galway are like if you remember Seb Coe or Steve Ovet when they they used to come from the back and 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 slaughter people. Uh, John Caulfield. Jared, is it possible? Look, anything is possible, Roy. Um, whether it's going to happen is, is hard to know. I think they're quite fortunate in their, ne- their next run of fixtures. Um, they have to play Wexford, Cabin Teeley and Cove. Uh, you know, Wexford are kind of everybody's whipping boys at the minute. Um, Cabin Teeley are in free fall and Cove can be anything. So I think if, if, they're, if they're going to make the playoffs, they, I think they need to win all three games. Um, as, I, as I said the last few weeks, they've been you know a little bit fortunate. They beat that loan. They were always, really always going to beat that loan. They came up against UCB, but they kind of I think they caught UCB on the hop. UCB scored eight against um, Wexford and then had a big win again over the weekend. I think Galway were just fortunate to catch them two games. And they were very lucky to beat Shamrock Rovers too at the weekend. I think a lot of people after that game would have felt it was a very very harsh on a very young Rovers team with a 15 year old playing up front um, 
I think Rovers kind of ran that game in fairness and Galway just they got a cracked goal to, to to start off and Farrell's goal in the last minute I think they were very very lucky um, as I said Rovers had a young 15 year old Kevin Zeffi playing up front for them um, it was supposed to be hugely impressive and ran the Galway defence like the time um, so I think they were quite fortunate um, so I just Myself personally, I don't think Galway will make the playoffs. I just think they'll miss out. Um, yes, we worked for the weekend. It's 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 a good run for Galway. That could be four wins in a row. But, but I just think they leave it that little bit too late. They're running is tough after the Cove game. They to play Longford, Drah, and then Drahada. Um, and I think even if they're not into the mix at that stage, coming up against them too. Two teams that are realistically in the hunt for winning the, the title would be just too much. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, I don't think they will make the playoffs. I think it's a lot of hope yet. Um, obviously, if they win three games in a row, they're smack bang in it. But they're still expecting other teams to to drop a lot of points for them. Next season, for me, um, Coffee will make changes. Um, he'll bring in his own players. He'll know what he's expecting, and hopefully, we'll have a full season of of. Fishes. And I think next season is the one. Uh, for me yeah Cabin Thiele, as you said are in free fall Nathan is it possible Cabin Thiele could slip out there and, and, and Cork nick that last playoff spot not Cork Galway <laughs> um, we, yeah we said even Cabin Thiele was top of the table went to Bubba going to Boston and look at the team he had at the Boston now he lost uh, lost sorry he drew over the weekend against Atlanta and even before that he lost three league games in the bounce so they definitely are a team in free fall. Look, yeah, I think it's, look, it's very, very reasonable. I could have them go away at a team on the up and say, Cabin Tadia free fall. And they, it's just, just something just not working at the moment. It's not really going to plan. I'm fearing it's Cabin Tadia if they're playing uh, Shamrock Rowers uh, next. And then, like Jared said, they're playing Galway the following, uh, the following game. So there's a couple of big games coming up for that final uh, playoff position. Because like I think Bray draw that and you stay at the moment, look the three look the three best teams going forward and they really charging for the title, let alone the playoffs. So it's still a lot to play for, like even Cove are in the mix and I've said a couple of times it's like you never know what you're gonna get. It's always especially going to Cove, it's always gonna be a tough place to right now U C D. Didn't find it that tough this weekend. But yeah, like I think like if I was a Galway fan like Gerard, if you look, you never know. it's definitely still open. But the Galloys will be on next season, definitely. But even now, like it still could end in the season that we thought Galway were going to struggle. All of a sudden, John Coffey comes in and he seems to be a better fortune. And you never know, he could make a late push for that last playoff position because the way Cabin Taley and Cole played this weekend, there's very little to go off. And Galway looks the best they would have them three at the moment, form-wise. Jared, the Cavendish Galway game in a couple of weeks would be massive, and whoever wins that then will get the momentum. So yeah, look, it, it could come down to that game. I think um, I think Galway will miss out, but look, it's it's realistic in Cavendish Um If they pick up any sort of result against Shamrock Rovers, they're going to that Galway game with a big confidence. You see, I think he'd like, I think he'd probably like to, sorry, I think he'd like to see uh, Longford sort of probably lick, uh, slipping up a little bit here. We know they're on a decent one of form at the moment, uh, Longford, mm. but. I think if they can start to drop points a little bit, I think it could really see um, that doing some favours for Galway as well. To have just that extra like team coming into that dog fight for the final playoff position. Yeah, it'd be interesting because UCD, no one really mentioned UCD at the start. Uh, most was Longford, Drogheda, 
and maybe Bray uh, usually need to be there and there about but they've been to put together some good results lately and their next couple of fixtures are Drogheda and Longford those two games could tell a lot in the league Jared. Yeah definitely and they have one of the on form or two hugely on form strikers at the minute in, in Young Whelan and Yoyo Maddy but yeah look they're, they're, in, they're in great form a little bit inconsistent in that they'll win, a big, they'll win big and then lose in their last Four or five matches, they've they've won, lost, won, lost, won, lost. So you kind of really don't know what you get with UCD. Um, they're as you said, they're playing Drogheda next, which is a massive, massive game for both sides. In fairness, um, Drogheda up last weekend. Um, you know they've they've dropped off the top of the table. They drew with Longford. You know, you might thought they they'd probably win. Um, I I, I, I overall always expected Drogheda to win the league. Um, they, as with UCD been a little bit inconsistent. They have great players like the Lions up front, it's young Stephen Meany, Mark Doyle. You know, they have a very good side. They partner in the middle of the park. Um, Connor Kane should win the league. Um, whether there's issues there behind the scenes, I don't know. Or it's just a case that they're just can get into a run of victory. Um, it's, it's a huge game. Um, Whoever comes out on top of that is going to get huge momentum going going forward the last few weeks of the season. Uh, I, I'd probably go for uh, Drogheda to win. As I said, UCD are, are that slight bit more inconsistent. You know, they're, they're good and bad and good and bad. So it's hard really to know what you're, what you're going to get from, from a UCD team. But um, look, they're there. They're there on Mars. They've, they've won big, scored lots of goals. Um, they're in a good run of form. Um, yeah, look, it's going to be a great battle for for the um, the title winners. So who's, who's going to get promoted? Bray, Drogheda, UCD, and Longford. I think you can discount Cavendish now at this stage uh, as for going up to be promoted. It's going to be a great battle. It's probably the best battle we're going to have this season when you consider the Premier Division is all wrapped up. So yeah, look, I'm looking forward. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a double a double game weekend this weekend with games on Friday and on Monday. So there'll be a lot to be told, as you said. Uh, big games coming up with uh, Longford are playing UCD next Monday night, which is a, which is a huge game. And of course, you've already mentioned UCD and Drogheda who play on the Friday night. So there's going to be a few a bit of movement. And, and of course, Bray who are top of the table at the moment. Nate, are they the strongest outfit? Should they be winning it? They, they've got Longford again. Longford are a little bit like UCD. You don't know what team's going to come out. Uh, for me, probably not the strongest. I've said a couple of times, I think Drogheda are the strongest outfit on paper and they probably win the league. But on form, they've looked at winning three games on the bounce. They've scored three goals in each of those games. So not only did they win in games, but they're, they're scoring pretty freely. And they're not conceding too many uh, either. So, looks like they're in the best form at the moment. Like I said, they're playing a Longford team that you really don't know what's going to happen. And if you can beat that Longford team, who at the moment are only three points behind them, if you can beat them, and you can literally knock Longford off as title chance as I feel anyway, if they're, they're losing the dropping points to teams above them. So, it's another big game. There's a lot of big games like with the, with the shortened season. They can all be set up from, like, from the start. There's going to be no rubber matches. Every game is going to have some sort of significant importance around it. So, it really is a big one for them. And, like, it's, it's never changing. 
Like, there wasn't that long ago. It was only last week we came on and dropped it when they were top of the league, but now we find ourselves at the top of the league. So it is going to chop and change. And we think Bray are playing dropped it in three games time, but that's going to be a massive game if teams are still lying the way they are. But look, it's, it's, it's all signs are positive for Bray at the moment. And the next game is at home too, which you've been pretty, you've been solid in the Carolina grounds this season. So, yeah, if we was a Bray fan, I'd be very optimistic for if the final run in and you never know you could definitely want to do it because long forward then they're playing Cove away which look if we get into another side you never know what's going to happen in Cove they look, they look like they're solid at home but then they go and get beaten 6-0 by UCB so yeah it's all this win you have Gary Shaw top score he's 6 goals this season he's, he's on a decent run of form so it really could happen for him he could hold on and he, he would definitely yeah, go on and win the league it's a team though I didn't think that a top to fourth division but who knows Jared, today the government put out their five-point plan. Uh, never mind all that. What about the capacity of stadiums now? The Aviva, Croke Park are allowed to have, I think, what was it, 5,000 people into the stadiums and uh, 200 into probably League of Ireland uh, grounds. I think it's is that over 5,000 capacity? I can't remember yeah. what it is. So... Crowds are going to be allowed back in again. It's something. Something's better than nothing, Jared. Yeah, I suppose. Like it's, it, as you said, it's something. Nothing. It's um, a hundred. A hundred supporters. It, I don't think it includes media and players and all that kind of uh, extra staff around the grounds. A hundred fans. Look, it'll be great to see fans back in games. Um, but it's really up to fans now. Really, um, if they keep, to, if the protocols are 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 adhered to, and everyone does what they're supposed to do. Um, look, it'll be great, but if they don't, we'll end up back to square one. So look, it's down to the fans. You know, look, it's, it's it's fantastic. Supporters back in the ground. I'm sure the players will only be too delighted. Um, there's nothing worse I can imagine than going out to play a very important league game or a cup game in a in a, in an empty stadium. It it surely can't do anything for the for the players for their mindset and for everything going forward. I think it's great to see fans back. Um, Hopefully it'll continue and it'll it'll increase uh, week week on week. But yeah, as I said, it's supporters now from here on in. Yeah, and hopefully we we get back to our our normal ways as, as soon as possible because the, the the people who go to these games. For some people down the country, it's their it's their life. So, uh, yeah, hopefully that's coming back soon. Nathan, you have a couple of fans' questions. Uh, one we might have talked about already, but maybe we'll still go on about it. Yeah, we do. But um, one of them is actually relating around the fans coming back into attendance or people attending games. So we'll start off with that one. Uh, we got sent in from, we got a couple of questions this week, but we only obviously picked out the test too. But as always, anyone listening wants to send questions, you can send them in to any of our social media platforms, whether that be Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, just have a look at the big kickoff and have a little look. I keep an eye on the League of Ireland group chat on Facebook. I often put up stuff just looking for questions. That was good to get a bit of fan engagement. So, we get started. Uh, we got one in from Glenn O'Reilly. Glenn wants to know, what do you miss the most from attending League of Ireland games live? All right, I think everybody misses the games. It's, it's all about the people you meet. Um, it's about the atmosphere. It's about you know, it's about having a good night out. I think everyone look everyone looks forward to going to their to their local team's game, League of Ireland game every Friday night or whenever the case may be. Um, it's it's the highlights of people's 
keep them weak. They look forward to it all week long. They're in their workplace or in their school or college. They're being slagged, you know, from one end of the week to the next. And it's all about getting one up on your, your rivals every Friday night, going for a few drinks, meeting your friends, having having a crack. Um, as everybody knows, Bohemians have done a fabulous job um, in, with their supporters. And a lot of the supporters, they're not going for the football, they're just going for the experience and for the night out. So I think everybody missed, I think, go, with, with, the, with not being able to attend games. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I personally enjoy going to watch a game just to see if there's any sort of new talent there. Is there anyone who's going to stand out, anyone that's for the future? So it's always good to have it there because obviously now there's that gateway through the younger ages from 13s to 15s, 17s to 19s and you're hoping that that kind of uh, conveyor belt of players that you're you're going to get better players, technically better players and I think we're starting to see that in the league and there's definitely going to be a lot more sort of diamonds that are going to come through the system now so I'm always looking to keep an eye out for, for those type of players but of course the atmosphere is everything, I mean that's where you go Yeah definitely I'd agree with Gerard, like for me it's a, it's, it's a big, like it's just, just a social aspect of it isn't it? Like it's, it's at the end of the week, you can have a, have a tough week, but it's always, you know, like you can get through the Friday, that'll be grand. It's like, it's where like I spend like a lot of time with mates, like every week I go down and meet some of the lads and could go out after most games. And it's just, just like even away from, from the match, it's just the whole social experience of just seeing people and like, you know, you just, you know, people just from the football and that's when you see them every week and they're just chatting away. So that's, that's definitely the biggest thing. Um, you miss like I've been lucky enough I've been in Richmond Park a couple of times volunteering and I can definitely say it's just not the same just going down and just just being standing by yourself doing ball boy <laughs> just not the same at all so I'll move on um, to the last one there's a question from James O'Brien now we did touch on this a little bit but I'm going to push it a little bit change it up a little bit so James asks uh, do you think Shamrock Rovers have any chance of beating AC Milan do you think, do you think the miracle can happen but I'm going to push it simply on a, just a yes or a no. Do you think that there's any chance uh, Robbins could do a miracle over Milan? Yes. I can't do simple yeah, ones. Uh, I, I, I think, yes. <laughs> I, there's, always, there's always a chance for any team to beat any team. That's generally the way it, it should be. Because if, if one team is a bit complacent, then and you're on your game, and it's very hard to start off complacent and then get yourself back into a game and you're just hoping it has to be that Milan aren't on their top form aren't you know fully up to speed and if Rovers play to the best of their ability there's no reason why even even in 90 minutes it, there's no reason why they couldn't nick one now we, we know that the level of player that AC Milan are going to have are, is going to far exceed what uh, Shamrock Rovers have that's a given, but that's that's never always it. It's the the best teams on paper, as we all know, don't always win these games. It's the ones with the most attitude, and maybe in this situation, because Shamrock Rovers are a full time outfit and they do train full time, this this could be a good opportunity for them to win. So yeah, I definitely think that there's a there's a possibility, uh, and of course Milan be favourites, but yeah, there's definitely a possibility. I think too, um, Roy, as long as they don't show any fear, I don't think they'll fear playing Milan. Um, I think that's the biggest problem for a lot of uh, League of Ireland clubs over the years is that fear factor that they just think they're better than us and we don't deserve to be here. 
I think, you know, Rovers are a very, very talented team. Um, their, their style of football, I think, suits European European games. And I don't think, you don't hear it, man. They go out and play their game, worry about their own game and their own um, talent. I think they have every opportunity to come to the As you said, look, they can nick a goal, something can go in off somebody's backside. And I think Rovers will be only too delighted to take that. But um, yeah, I think they have a great chance. And I think everyone should be behind them and we wish them the best of luck. Yeah. And I believe one just just for you, do you think that if the fact that it'll be played behind closed doors or make it any difference, or do you just think that if the players are used to that now at this stage, it's nearly the new normal. Do you think that the the empty stadium will be a factor? Will it help anybody? I, I don't think it will help or, or, or hinder any any team at this stage. I think uh, you know, I think with full house behind Shamrock Rovers, I think it would benefit Rovers. Um, obviously, Milan are used to playing in massive stadiums with big crowds. I just think it would be a huge boost for Rovers if you could get 50,000 people screaming for them and, and egging them on. Um, I don't really think the fact that the empty will hinder or affect any side, to be honest. Yeah, I could work and it's hard, it's hard to know really with that. For Rovers, it shouldn't because they're playing week in, week out now. So they should be well used to it. For Milan, yeah, it's hard to know. They're they're just getting themselves back into it again. So, yeah, there's there's a, there's a few question marks. And I mean, Milan might come out and just blow them away, and no, and then you know that's the end of that. So, but you know the the, the few question marks that are over Milan as as because it's the preseason and because you know there's, I I think if Rovers had a, a crowd behind them, it would definitely help help spur them on you know those 50-50 challenges that go in and, and then yeah. there's a buzz around the stadium you know it doesn't even have to be goals it can be anything it can be a goalkeeper kicking the ball out of play and and and, and, they, and they start playing on the goalkeeper then you know so there's a whole load of things that a, a, a fan base a crowd bring to the, to the game so they'll miss that because of the home advantage but generally footballers are focused on the game. They get stuck into the game and they're focused on the game. A lot of it is drowned out unless they go to the sideline and some idiot is shouting in their ear, you know. So, yeah. Nathan, thanks for the questions yeah. again. It's the the big kickoff ninety six point four at gmail dot com. If you want to email, there's a Twitter, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn. If 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 is if there's any uh, pros out there, a hand of course. Uh, Facebook but yeah contact anyone uh, from the team at all and get the questions in it's always good to have a little debate over a question okay that's the lot we will talk to you again next week Nathan thank you very much and Jared again thank you very much cheers Cheers, gents